Hello and welcome to Braves on the Warpath. My name is Kyle. I'm here with Jeremy. What's up, America? How are we doing? Uh, Redskins Nation's doing bad. I, that's, I can say that question, answer that question with a ton of confidence. You just slowly fade into the darkness, our old sweet friends. Uh, yeah, it's familiar. That's nice. We know how to cope with this. This isn't too bad of a catastrophe compared to the grand scheme of the last 20 years it's it's kind of right in line with it yeah honestly. it's just the inverse of what we're used to because we're so used to starting off so poor and then we make a, a late desperate push towards the end of the year that always falls short yep this year we started off five and two six and three in prime position to, to win the nfc east and then shit's kind of hit the fan in the last three weeks here we switched it up it's that's that's the one thing that makes this a little more acute is Two three weeks ago, I was very I was pretty confident we were going to win the division. I, I felt good about it, and the plunge has just happened so quick. And I think part of, we were hanging on by a thread in a lot of areas, and a lot of those threads snapped at the same time. And then you throw in the two quarterback broken legs. I mean, if you're you're on your third string quarterback, I mean, maybe how many teams in the league do you think can continue to win games with that? Maybe one or two. I don't know. I mean, you make a plan. For your backup quarterback, there is no plan for your third-string quarterback. Some teams carry three. We chose to carry two. They're taking a little bit of heat for that. Um, the team's taking a lot of heat for a lot of things, and we're going to get into most of it. Uh, we'll talk about what bright spots there are, if any. Um, and mostly, I, this almost seems, I feel like this is going to be more of like a damage control type pod. Like, let's step back. There's a lot of visceral reactions happening right now. Let's try and be analytical about this if we can. Um but first of all, uh, really quick, do you want to audition for the Monday Night Football announcing crew? Atrocious. Uh, ask me if domestic violence is bad. Kyle, is domestic violence bad? Yes. Do you think it's bad? Yes. That was our audition tape to Kyle, be Monday Kyle. Night Football announcers. That's all that needs to be said about it. No, no, I don't no. think it was controversial. I want to know, do you think Zach Ertz is going to get 20 catches today and break your, your tight end all-time catch record? I, I thought Jason Witten was going to come back from the grave and break an all-time catch record uh, as much as they were talking about them, too. Yeah. and uh, yeah. What about the, the cheese whiz versus the barbecue sauce? Did you I, understand that? I, I watched it on mute for the end of it, actually. So that part I missed. Cheese whiz versus barbecue. Oh, was that what they kept like sprinkling on that graphic? Like, well, it showed that graphic at, at least looked- three Three times that did not look like cheese. I wasn't listening. That didn't look like cheese whiz. And what did you say? Barbecue sauce. It looked like something. I was like, are they sprinkling shit on <laughs> Jason Witten right now? Because I can get behind that. Like I haven't watched as much Monday Night Football this year. Um, I've tried to because I've been binging on Sundays. But with the Redskins playing, you have to listen to it, right? Yeah. I cannot imagine listening to that every single week. I, here's the one thing. I Obviously, I don't like Jason Witten. I have that animosity towards him as a Cowboys player. But he's retired now. Like I don't. I like listening to Tony Romo. I think he's good. I don't have that sort of you know, hate in my heart for him anymore. I feel bad for Jason in a way because you can tell he's trying really hard. It's not his fault that he's this bad at it. It's just ESPN, they put too much on him. They expect him to be like Tony Romo. And he's just not. It's awkward. That's it's bad. awkward. There's, the transitions are poor. Um, a lot of his insight is forced. He gets names wrong. He trips over his words. It's it's not good. I'm sure they're not going to bring him back. Yeah. And then Booger on the sideline too. Like Booger belongs in like on the radio or same thing. I don't dislike a Booger, but the way that they went about putting him in the situation, the Booger mobile has been beat to death. That was a horrible idea. Um, and they just don't mesh together. They're all over the place. Um, I didn't need to hear 40 minutes about whether domestic violence is bad. I, I, I think most of the viewership got the message and was on their side. Yeah, it was an interesting time, too, because, I mean, the game was still close at that point, and they chose prime time in the, in the second half to bring that up. I think you bring that up in the beginning of the game, you get your point across, and you get back to football. They, Yeah, they had to address it. I get it. Right. And I also get that it, this wasn't... I mean, even though that we were still in it, I think everyone knew the Eagles were going to take that one. So yeah, I see why they maybe wanted to go away from the analysis. But you can't. There's there's two fan bases watching. I mean, the Eagles fans were upset about it, too. They had the game-clinching interception. Essentially, was the game-clinching interception. And they didn't even address it. They didn't talk about it. <laughs> they were rambling about something else. Really, really bad, but, you know, so it's good to see that maybe the Redskins weren't the worst part of the night, but um, they were far from the best. Uh, Colt McCoy, 
uh, obviously went down with injury. He did have successful surgery today on his right fibula, so they didn't place him on injured reserve because they're hoping that there's a chance he could come back this year. Thoughts? Interesting, because all the, the reports I had rep, read up until this point pre-surgery um, was that they were worried about if they're going to have a QB for OTAs in the offseason, let alone the rest of this season. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it, it, that seems unlikely. I'm not a medical professional, um, and I'm going to take this opportunity at the beginning of the pod. I will have an interview with a medical professional in a couple of days who's going to talk about the, I mean, hailstorm of injuries that have descended upon the Redskins, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but just as a, you know, as a person with eyes and someone who's followed, you know, football injuries and seen guys break their fibula, I can't remember a guy ever coming back in a couple two, three weeks from that sort of thing. Oh, no chance. Because, I mean, first of all, you have a broken bone, so you have to be in a cast. And then the amount of atrophy for the muscle, I'm just knowing this from experience when I broke my wrist. I mean, that takes a month or two to recover from, let alone all that muscle memory and whatnot. Um, what would you think of the injury itself and the way, like the manner in which it happened? I thought that was a little bizarre. I was talking about that with uh, my girlfriend earlier. It's Did it happen when he was kind of planting and slipped or did it happen when it hit the defender? I wasn't it sure. It happened when it hit the defender. It was on like the whiplash. Right, but I couldn't tell if it, I saw the whip, but I didn't know if that had happened beforehand and it was just exaggerated because of the contact or, or what. It's, no, because I mean, he slipped and he hit the ground. He didn't make contact with the defender until the whiplash and his leg was kind of going side to side and it made contact with, I don't think it was a helmet. I think it was just like a, it was, the, it was somewhere in the head region. I think it might've been a shoulder pad. Right. Um, it, it was strange. And that seems just like a freak injury sort of thing. Um, there was, there's been some discussion over how, God, it seems like every single year we're one of the most injured teams in the league and keep costing us year after year. Is there something wrong with our strength and conditioning program? I, I don't think so. It's a fair question considering how often that's happened, but there's nothing you're going to do to strengthen a bone. Um, you know, ACL tears, which if you guys have gone through, you can't really strengthen a ligament. There's no exercises that, that, that go through that. These are just freak things. They happen. You know, I'm not saying our strength and conditioning team is the best in the league either. I really have no way to there's evaluate no that. Um, but these type of injuries, the Colt injury, the Alex injury in particular, are, are freak injuries and, and there's nothing anyone could have done about it. It just sucks. Yeah, and on an optimistic note, I mean, there's so many variables in football. You got to hope over the next season or two, you regress back to the mean and don't get affected by this injury bug so so badly. You would think so. You'd hope so. Um, other injuries, Bergstrom was on crutches and uh, Cooper, who we picked up off the streets and had been playing pretty well, uh, tore his bicep. So he's gone for the year. So now we're on, what does that make it? Like our fifth and sixth guards of the season? Yeah, I mean, who knows who's going to play guard next week? Uh, we just signed a guy. I mean, Ty Nasecki actually did pretty well at right guard, all things considered. He was going up against Fletcher Cox. So, I mean, he got beat a number of times, but considering he'd never played guard before, I thought he did okay. Yeah. Who was that other guy? Was it Mowaku? Uh, yeah, I, when he saw when I saw him come in the game, I had no idea who he was. Luke Bowanko. Bowanko, gotcha. Um, actually, I noticed him right before Adrian Peterson scampered 90 yards up the middle for a touchdown, easily the highlight yeah, of the night. Yeah, I was like, I wouldn't think... A guy with that name would look like that. <laughs> that was the, the reaction I had. I, I I don't know what he was supposed to look like. I didn't. I tried watching him a little bit, but mostly I was too depressed for any sort of real player analysis. We just signed another guard off the street. Um, I don't even know his name. Zach something. But who knows? We're not we're not picking anyone that anyone has any tape on or, or scouting. It. We just kind of hope that they're not a revolving door. Yeah, I mean, you got to build up the depth, right? And uh, I think Jonathan Cooper showed that over his 3-4 game audition that he can be a capable backup next year. I would that, like to see that as a depth that signing is a bright spot. for next year. Absolutely. Um, it, it's funny, they were asking Ty Nasecki too about playing guard, and he said, he gave a very, a very Bill Belichick series of answers. They were saying, you know, have you ever played guard before? And he goes, no. And he said, well, what do you have to do to play guard? And he said, I just have to play guard. And they're like, well, what, how are you going to go about it? He's like, I don't know. There's no other choice. He's going to learn how to play guard. I'm going to learn how to play guard. I kind of butchered that. But uh, I love that attitude, first of all. And I'd like to see him starting on the offensive line somewhere. Um, some people have even talked about throwing him at left tackle and moving Trent elsewhere on the line because Trent was clearly not 100%. Uh, he was hobbled noticeably on a few plays, got called for a few penalties. Yeah, and, and Trent, or Trent is at his best out in space. I mean, that's when you can see him, right? Because he's out in the open. You can see the big yep. rhino out there looking to do some road grading. Um, and there were two specific plays where he got tripped up, 
missed his block, got in the way. The uh, that the weirdest play of the night, that goofy little like across the field double pass. Double pass uh, actually could have gone for a really big gain, but Trent couldn't get out there in time, and and the man that he was supposed to block got to Thompson and stopped him for a short game. Yeah, I mean that that play reminded me. So as I was going through Redskins Twitter during the game. I went back to the body bag game, uh, I think it was 1990, mm-hmm. when Brian Mitchell played quarterback. And there was highlights of Brian Mitchell slinging the pigskin around the field. That Jordan Reed was originally a quarterback at Florida. He, I think he is our emergency quarterback in that sort of situation. Yeah, um, it would have been interesting to see some sort of wildcat or... Uh, option offense to get something going so let's talk about the quarterback situation a little bit um there's a lot to go over here uh first let's talk about sanchez um you know he played okay i guess it could have been worse i think uh he wasn't good do do i think we could possibly win one of these upcoming games with him at quarterback possibly i'm not optimistic but possibly but the one thing that got to me was the whole reason they picked him instead of those other journeymen that we brought in, E.J. Manuel and T.J. Yates, Kellen Clemens, and Josh Johnson. And Josh Johnson is going to be the guy we just announced uh, like about an hour ago that we are bringing him in. Um, but we, we picked up Sanchez because he has some experience with the playbook and we thought it'd be easy to integrate him. But then they said on the announcement that he only knows about 20 plays. First of all, I thought he was supposed to know some of this stuff. And second of all, I don't care if you've only been here a week. You can't learn more than 20 plays in a week. This is all you have to do now. I, I get that these guys aren't rocket scientists, but how do you not learn more than 20 plays? That's yeah. unacceptable, right? Yeah, Kyle, did you play football growing up? Uh, I played for a short while, not at any sort. Like, I it's didn't play tough. high school. And especially in these complex offenses. Okay, but you're a professional. Every single person is. Well, it's something you, you learn through repetition. It's one thing to look at a piece of paper and look at a route tree. It's another thing to, I mean, in the way the offenses are too, there's option routes. So there isn't, sure. there's a bunch of variables in play. I mean, I'm going to cut him some slack because that's just not a position where anyone's going to succeed, regardless of whether or not you have some familiarity with the, the terminology. The, the, the playbook is likely extremely different from what he had experienced when he was with the Jets, when I think is when he worked with Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a tough spot. So you don't think that was an unreasonable amount? I mean, did you see Jay Gruden's play sheet when he was in the game? It was a note card. It was the smallest thing I've ever seen. Usually they have these big clipboards with, you know, multiple sides and little trap doors that they can pull up. And some of it's written in invisible ink that you got to hold the blue light up to to see the plays. And this thing with him was an index card. Yeah, man. I mean, still, I mean, kind of going back to my opening statement, you don't plan for the third string quarterback to get in the game. You don't have a plan for that. Well, but he was the second-string quarterback coming into the night. For two weeks. For a week and a half, really. I think that's enough time. Tell me if this was a Sean McVay or a Belichick coach team that they would have more than 20 plays for their their second-string quarterback to run. To me, that's unacceptable. To me, it's neither here nor there because it's Mark Sanchez. (sighs) I guess, I guess. Um, And and kind of on a related note, you know, obviously with this whole thing, the Colin Kaepernick debate is going to come up again. It's only natural... Um, you got to expect it. Uh, he's, he, he's not signing with us. They kind of dismissed him outright. Jay said that they, uh, talked about it, but they didn't want to because of his skill set. that, um, you know, he, obviously he's a, a more of a mobile quarterback, things like that. But the implication was that he wasn't familiar with certain types of schemes and route trees and things like that. Um, but I don't know that that's necessarily true. Uh, he, he did run a, a decent amount of the concepts, um, when he was playing in the league. I can understand not wanting to bring in the guy that hasn't been in the league for a couple of years too, but neither has Mark Sanchez and you know Josh Johnson, who now is coming in. Uh, you know He was the number one draft pick in the Alliance of American Football, so he's been playing, but that's not really at the same level. I don't know. It's not to get too much into the Kaepernick thing because people feel very strongly in both directions about it, but it seems like the the reasons they were giving for not wanting to bring him in don't really make sense. It more seems like it was a command given from on high from Bruce or Dan saying, don't bring in Colin because of maybe negative PR backlash. But again, we're not shy. So what's going on? Um, You know, maybe they just don't think he's the best quarterback, but that's not what they said. Uh, So once again, they seem to be fumbling the situation and making us look bad. Yeah. Just from a publicity standpoint and all the attention and scrutiny, 
I mean, where we are in the season and the way our team is trending, I don't think you want to throw that flame, or excuse me, throw that gas on the flame. Mm-hmm. Um, I look towards like an RG3 situation. RG3 did sit out a full season, um, but he was able to latch on to the Ravens as a third-string quarterback behind a similar guy in Lamar Jackson. You could see the Ravens were kind of building an offense that would kind of tailor towards RG3's skill set. Just a mobile quarterback. Mobile quarterback run, has experience like that. in that type of option. Sure, read, sure. Read option offense sure. Um, historically. Um, and, and the way that the Skins offense is currently constructed, it's a pure pack, pocket passer offense. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised. No. Um, maybe going into next year, I mean, that's a different story. Um, especially considering our, our, our quarterback situation and cap constraints uh, with regards to that position. Last thing before we move on and actually get into some of the, the you know analysis of the game and our preview of the upcoming matchup against the Giants, um, DJ Swearinger keeps pushing the envelope a little more, a little more, a little more. Uh, this time he kind of subtly called out the coaches and himself, um, and I think it was a Twitter post. He said, look, I watched the tape. I have to do better. And he does. He's been very good this year, arguably our best defender. Um, I don't think he's been the best in my opinion, but a lot of people do. Um, but he wasn't that good last night, and he hasn't really been great for a few weeks now, I'd argue. Um, and so that's true. So respect to himself for calling himself out. But he also said that it has to be an effort from everyone, players and coaches. This week, the players came with it or something along those lines. The implication was that the coaches didn't. Um, it's one thing to call. First, he calls out the players. Then he calls out the fans. Now he's calling out the coaches. Uh, someone's got to rein him in, right? I mean, at, at a certain point. He's talking too much. He's talking way too much. Too much. Keep it to yourself. Uh, Keep it in the locker room. Does this, do you think his play justifies all the comments that he's been making. So, I mean, DB play is a, a tough thing to, to judge just to the layman's eye, right? It is. I mean, you Unless look at, you got that all 22 footage, but even then. I mean, you look at stat categories like interceptions, right? I mean, those are chance plays oftentimes by an errant throw. Sure. I mean, Swanger's definitely having a good year in terms of interceptions. He had one or two of those himself, though, where it was a, it was a duck that just floated into his arms. You and I could have right. made the pick. But I'd rather take... Airtight coverage where you're not giving up any passes or touchdowns as opposed to an interception here. Me too. Me too. Um, And I think that's apparent in Josh Norman's play as well. He's getting more interceptions this year, but I don't think anyone can say Josh Norman is having his best season. No. He's uh, this both this the past two weeks against Dallas and last night, he gave up several big third down conversions. I mean, you can count. I've lost count of the amount of third down conversions he's given up. That's you're supposed to be a lockdown corner. That's when we need to get off the field. That's when we need you most. And he hasn't been doing it. Yeah, I mean, and our secondary, similar to last year, it's been a weakness this year. And um, last game against the Eagles, uh, Dunbar didn't didn't play, and we've been starting a seventh round pick, Stroman, all year. The haha Clinton Dix trade has not worked. That has been he's been the worst player on our defense since he's come. I mean, what is shocked me about him is his tentativeness to go and tackle the guy he's standing there waiting for guys to come to him that was I, a big knock on him in green bay but i don't think anybody realized just how bad it, it was he he gives up an incredible amount of he legitimately looks like he does not want to get hit or make a hit which is crazy to me as a he played at alabama this is an nfl starter safety who doesn't want to hit it's wild. I mean, uh, it's a it's a weakness. I mean, we need to address that going into next year. It's a busted trade. That's a loss. Uh, it's you know our, the front office has made some good moves, some bad this year. To me, that's an unquestionably bad one. It's a loss. I don't know why Monte or DeShazer Everett aren't getting snaps over him. I think it's maybe just because they've invested this capital in it and they're not willing to admit it was a bad move, but it's not working out. Right. Um, I mean, that's really the defense kind of took that turn when we got him. It's not all due to him, but that happened to be the time. Well, yeah, it's been the, the lack of a pass rush. And I think that was apparent in the Eagles game to get into the Eagles game a little bit. Zero sacks. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the first game that we didn't have a single sack. We got one sack, but there was a penalty in the secondary. There was, right, right. I think Kerrigan had gotten the sack. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the Eagles really neutralized our pass rushers with the screen game. Mm-hmm. They did um, a great job. The Eagles the, ran a good game. The zone run plays. Um, and that kind of led our pass rushers to kind of play it tentative and not go full board to the quarterback. And we dropped off Kerrigan and Preston Smith in coverage a few times, too, which was 
I guess designed to give him a little bit of a different look. That's something Maneski saw. I don't think it was effective at all. Um, but it, we, yeah, right. We did pin our ears back a little bit less, maybe to counteract the screen game. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Ioannidis is out, correct? He is. He's Ioannidis still injured. Play. I think he did not injure. I think that's play. showing up on our interior pass rush. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He's Allen and Payne are both fantastic, but I'd say Payne's strength is obviously stopping the run, although he can rush the passer. Um, Allen is a little more balanced. I think he's very good at both. To me, Ioannidis though, his strength is the pass rush and and forcing the quarterback to tuck down and then try and scramble out to either Preston Smith or Kerrigan's side. Preston and Kerrigan, I think, have benefited the most from Matt. Um, this year, and it was a noticeable absence not having him in there. Um, are there is Manuski the problem? Um, we really haven't had a good defense underneath him, and we've invested a lot of capital. I mean, we threw a ton of money at Norman. Uh, we have two. I think I think most people are happy with Swearinger and Zach Brown, and our defensive line is fantastic. We've had some injuries, but. Um, you know, we're playing a seventh round rookie at the other corner instead of Dunbar, but Stroman's been okay. Stroman, Stroman has terrible. exceeded expectations. So why are we giving up 500 yards a game? Well, because the seventh round rookie shouldn't be starting on the outside. But that's not all due to him. I mean, the last two or three weeks, guys are still getting four or five yards a carry. What about our elite defensive line and Zach Brown and Mason Foster? That can't happen. That cannot happen. You know, it's. I think it's a fair question. I, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm just kind of putting it out there because I've seen that online a little bit. Um, I don't think Manuski's good. I, I think I don't know that he's terrible. I think he's somewhere between average and below average. We've had worse. Um, but, you know, last night is where we give up a ton of yards, but the offense can't stay on the field. If the defense is on the field for like 45 minutes, you know, they're going to get gassed and give up some plays. And it's been like that all year as well. I mean, we've had no offensive rhythm all season. So, I mean, right. our defense, I mean, I don't have the time of possession stats here, but I would imagine a majority of the games, especially the games that we've lost, the time of possession has probably been skewed two to one. Uh, that's probably a fair statement because we can't run the ball whenever we had to throw the ball and the clock stops then too. So that's probably it. Um, but personally, I wouldn't have any heartburn at all if we moved on from Minuski. Um, a lot of people are calling for Jay's head. I don't think I'm there yet. Uh, again, it really kind of depends on how you feel about the injuries. I don't think there's anything he can do about the injuries. Um, he hasn't, you know, done him a lot to overcome it either. But other than that, I think he's been okay. Yeah. I mean, let's have that conversation, right? Is it, I mean, kind of alluded to this last week, like under what scenario does Jay Gruden lose his job? Mm -hmm. Um, I think I had said six and 10. Yep. Even then six and 10, like, I don't think you can assess this man's body of work given the players that are being rolled out into the field. But here's the counter argument to that. Were we that impressive of a team, really, even when we were at 6-3, six six and 5-2? Three. and two? Did you really feel like we were a really, really good team? I thought we were pretty good. I definitely thought we were a playoff team. But it's like if you give the guy, you know, how, how many years has he had now? Three or four? I think he's on his fifth year. Should we fit? Yeah, five. Should we be better than that at this point? I mean... It's all relative. <sighs> We've been way worse for longer periods of time. And then, I mean, so I had this discussion with a coworker today. Say we fire Jay Gruden. Where do you think we rank in terms of attractiveness and job openings? Dead last. Dead last. Do you think we're going to get somebody more qualified than Jay Gruden? If you think so, I got news for you. No fucking way. Right. Aaron Rodgers is out there. Baker Mayfield is out there. Hell, Sam Darnold's going to be out there. There's going to be much more attractive situations in terms of quarterback talent, in terms of ownership structure, in terms of fan bases. Don't get me wrong. I love Redskins Nation, but the, the mood right now is, is, is very sour. It is. Um, yeah, and the ownership structure is obviously the big one. We, we just have mishandled so many things, and not just you know in the organization, but l we've mishandled quarterbacks. I mean, if you're watching the whole Kirk Cousins situation— <laughs> Uh, if you're a head coach, you got to come in and want your quarterback. That's the number one thing on every head coach's mind. And now you got to be stuck with Alex Smith, who's tying up all this cap space and probably won't play next year, or he might play hurt or come in late. Yeah. Uh, Colt McCoy, his contract is up, but you're probably not going to re-sign him. So you want to draft a guy from a weak draft class and throw him in right away as you're installing your new offense and getting rid of some players and bringing in some others. I'm trying to think of a, of a less desirable team, and I can't even come up with one that's close. 
Yeah, I mean, I think about the type of head coach that we would get, and it would be a defensive head coach. I mean, you look at the way we've been successful this year, it's been that defensive style, that ground and pound on offense and play good defense, win sloppy games. I mean, to me, that's the type of a coach who would be attracted to us. And I mean, I don't think that's that's what Redskin Nation would want, right? We want that explosive, sexy offense. But Oh, let's be clear. Redskins Nation will take any coach who will win and wants to win. At this point, no one cares how it happens. Uh, or what style it is. I think if we won every game 3-0 to zero next year, everyone would be ecstatic. But I, I agree with you that if you're an offensive-minded coach, you wouldn't come here. So comparing Jay against all of those guys, uh, I think I'd probably rather roll with Jay. Uh, you know, I, I still feel we can win games with a healthy team with him. Excuse me. Um, so, but, uh, but I also understand people calling for, the, for his head. You know, we've been on the cusp for so long and not able to get over the hump kind of reminds me of the dusty baker situation that the nationals had of of a guy with a team with a lot of talent that's just almost there and and they fired the manager out of frustration and that didn't really work yeah, out. yeah look what happened this past year um got corbin now things are looking up uh but so you so you, you stand by that that if jay keeps his job unless we go six and ten if we lose out do you think he i think six and ten i think Snyder would get a little itch um, to make a move. Um, but even then, you started Mark Sanchez as your quarterback. It's not good. It's I, not good. Um, any bright spots from the game? Peterson's touchdown run, that was beautiful. Kept us in it for a little bit. That was a fun little play, right? I was like, oh, maybe maybe Mark Sanchez, like, he went to two AFC championships, right? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that could happen here. Maybe he's got some magic left in him. You know, at that point, I thought, all right, if we can get a pick six or, or a strip sack touchdown, something along those lines, maybe our defense can, and, you know, maybe Sanchez will scramble together one touchdown drive or a field goal and we can hang on to this thing. Uh, but we just didn't have enough firepower, man. Um, what is that? The goal line stand was great. I mean, um, Zach Brown came completely unblocked. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, anyone could have made that play. Still a nice play. Still a nice play. Who was your MVP? You know, I think Josh Dotson had two very nice catches. He only had three catches for 51 yards, but I was imp- and the Eagles secondary is poor, but I was impressed that his routes looked much crisper than I've seen in a long time because that's that's his big issue, right? Is well, he's got two, his inconsistent hands, and he doesn't get a lot of separation. Mm-hmm. His routes were pretty. He's wide open on that one route. It was that, that was a very good route. That that uh, one to the sideline. It was like the thirty-two yard gain in the first quarter when. Cole oh was right, right, right. Yeah, he no, he it was I, like an in and out. He did. He did look pretty good. Um, That's pretty sad though, because I mean, I can't on offense. I mean, Peterson had one play. I can't really call him the MVP. Chase Rulier, I thought, had a good game. He's been solid um, all year. He's that was a great pick. Uh, I'm very happy with him. Um, Tressway, of course, was good as always. Vote for him to go to the Pro Bowl if you haven't already. He deserves it. How many times have you named Tressway the MVP? Uh, I've never named him the MVP. I'm just I'm mentioning him in the conversation. When was the last pod that we had where you didn't mention Tressway? I mean, we're going back years. I think I've mentioned him every single pod because he doesn't get. This is the first year I've seen Redskins Nation actually acknowledge how good he is. He's how how will you react if he doesn't make the Pro Bowl? I mean, I don't care that much. I, the Pro Bowl to me doesn't mean a lot, but he deserves it. He I mean, should go. I, I think the Seattle punter. Where... He's been fantastic, too. I'm not saying he's the only good punter in the league, but Dress has, has basically had a perfect season punting. And he just passed Sammy Boff for third most all-time punting yards in Redskins history. Um, I hope he's first. I hope he's... <sighs> I hope he never gets first because that means we're not punting that much. That's true. That's true. Uh, Dustin Hopkins, two for two from 40-yard field goals, had a couple nice draws. Uh, they, were, they were good kicks. It was windy. You're going to talk about the long snapper, too? Uh, I mean, he had a fine game. That was fine. Uh, Nick Sundberg is, is a solid long yeah, snapper. I thought one of his snaps on, on one of the Dustin kicks went a little bit to the right. I thought, the, I thought your boy Trest did a pretty good job putting it down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's really break this down. Uh, yeah, another great thing that Trest does. He's a fantastic holder. And, and actually, on, on those two kicks, they both looked like they were going right. And they had they a, tough a late kicks. hook left. That's what know? I'm saying. All right, so give me an MVP. Norman with the interception. Zach Brown had led the team in tackles with eight. Um, Got to give me somebody. Doxon, is that who you're going with? I'm going with Doxon. Yeah. I was uh, like, he's got that guy's got some talent. There's talent there. Sure, for sure. We I don't st- think anybody questions that. It's just 
can he stay on the because people thought he was kind of a wuss because he had a lot of injuries not knowing anything about the situation they're just mouthing off uh and then he's got the drops he's he's still a relatively inexperienced receiver and i get the impatience you know, it should be waning. Well, you look at someone like Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati. Sure. This is year three. Yeah. And he was a, a high second round pick. Yeah. 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 Um, and even when AJ Green was healthy this year, mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd has really flashed and stepped into that. It takes time to to learn the complex route trees in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. And even guys like Calvin Ridley are, are having on and off, uh, you know, type years. Cortland Sutton last week, I guess he's a rookie, but he had his first game doing pretty much anything last week it, it takes a while that's it's a rare breed that these guys are going to come out as a rookie and you know yeah, go, go crazy but Odell Beckham he, look he I don't want him as the number one receiver I still think receiver should be a high draft priority for us next year but is he the worst receiver in the world no um yeah I'll go with Hopkins as my MVP they were nice <laughs> kicks so it, look they, they they kept us in it we needed it they saved us from being yeah for what 45 yard or something like that all right, anything else before we move on? Let's move on. Uh, we're going to preview the Giants here in a minute. Uh, a couple – we're actually – no, we don't have any questions this week. There's one question that we have. We only have one this week. Uh, is it worth it to tank? Do we tank? I mean, we might inadvertently tank. I mean, like I said, Mark Sanchez is our quarterback. We have – Not inadvertently. Is it worth it to lose the rest of your games for a high draft pick? Are you rooting against the Redskins to win? I think we've won too many games already to be considered a tank. I mean, you go six and 10, you're going to end up with about the 10th draft pick. Some, uh, maybe a little higher than that, but yeah, somewhere in there. I mean, there are a lot of bad teams yeah. down there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you look at our schedule and this is what was so appealing a week or two ago is that we had a relatively easy schedule to finish up. I still see a couple wins on the table for us. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think we win one, two games. Yeah. Tennessee's not good. The giants are still not good. Jacksonville, Jacksonville starting is not Cody good. Kessler. Yeah, it's and you know the Eagles. I, I I still think that was a winnable game last night. They didn't blow us out of the water. The defending Super Bowl champions kind of struggled to put away Mark Sanchez and the Redskins. Um, so it, you know it could happen. It's going to be ugly if we do, but it's not worth. I mean, I'll never root against the Redskins to lose. Yeah, I don't it, care. It's just too many bad vibes. I don't want that bad juju, that bad karma. Yeah, I mean, you get maybe a super high pick, and it's RG three or Heath Schuler. Like this, there's no guarantee that that guy is going to be a revolutionary yeah, player I mean, that turns your franchise. Kind of going back to the previous conversation we had, more likely than not, the same coaching staff is going to roll into next season, and you want to build on some momentum, whether that's a real thing or not. But just in terms of attitude and morale, um, you want that to to be high going into the offseason, so you're able to build upon however you're able to finish the season. Totally agree. All right, move on to the Giants preview. Uh, they're 4-8, and eight, but technically still alive. They're 3-2 and two in their last five games. They make a lot of noise about how they're still in it and they're going to run the table. But, you know, the teams they beat uh, until last week have been pretty weak. But they actually they managed to topple the Bears um, in Chase a pretty Daniel. good matchup. Uh, Chase Daniel, that's very true. Uh, although they did, they've been looking better. I, I think you'd admit that. Um, Landon Collins will not play, which is good. He's probably the best player on the defensive side of the ball. Um, although his fill-in, Michael Thomas, is actually not bad, so I wouldn't expect to see a massive hole in their secondary as a result. Um, they've got some good guys on the team. B.J. Hill has been a, a very good defensive lineman. Uh, they still have Olivier Vernon on the edge. Alec Ogletree is a, uh, a very solid middle linebacker. Had two nasty interceptions last week. A one-hander and another one that he returned for a touchdown. Yeah. there's. I mean, they still have some solid defenders there. Janoris Jenkins is, is on the outside. And, you know, their offense has been has been better. They've been finding their feet a little bit. It's funny that, you know, finding their feet seems to involve... Uh, Pat Shermer realizing that maybe he should give the ball to Saquon Barkley a little bit more. Or have Odell uh, Beckham throw the ball. Yeah, that was a fun play, a little trickeration. Um, but they're still the Giants. They still haven't really impressed me very much. Um, what do you, what's your impression of the team? How do you feel about this? I mean, they have one of the worst offensive lines in the league, although they have the highest paid left tackle in the league in Nate Solder. He's been awful. Yeah, I mean, I look for our defensive line to get pressure. I mean, one of the reasons that, that Manning hasn't had to, been able to have much success throwing the ball down the field, and one of the reasons why they've had to rely on Saquon Barkley, specifically in the passing game, just because they haven't had any time. Mm-hmm. And, and Manning's just absolutely terrified of the pass rush. Um, but with that being said, I mean, they have 
two of the top playmakers in the entire league in Beckham and, and Barkley. Literally just get the ball in their hands and just let them play in the backyard and you don't know what can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that does scare me, um, especially with our defense's tendency to give up big plays. We did a pretty good job bottling them up last time. Uh, it was a 20-13 to 13 win. I want to say it was week four or eight, week eight. What was it? I don't know. Well, two weeks are This whole season has is, is been uh, – well, they're multiples. Is that, that – no. Uh, the season's been all over the place for me. Um, but we, we, we handled them fairly well last time. I mean, only giving up 13 points to those guys is pretty good. Saquon was, for the most part, pretty bottled up. I think Beckham had maybe one big play, but um, nothing too crazy there. Um, they're making a much more concerted effort to run the ball since then, get the ball in Saquon's hands, but they still don't really throw the ball downfield very much. They, they run that 11 personnel with five linemen, three wide receivers, and a tight end a lot, um, but they still take too many sacks. They're still way too conservative. Um, you know, First down, they're almost definitely going to run the ball. Uh, really, they only throw the ball downfield if they absolutely, absolutely have to. They will get Barkley on some screens and... You know, they get Sterling Shepard involved a little bit as well. But the, the offense is very, very conservative. Um, I'd expect the Redskins to run a lot of cover three and, and maybe flood those, those short to intermediate zones and try and take that away. Week seven is when we played them. Um, okay. And uh, we were able to bottle up Saquon to 38 yards on 13 carries. That's better than I thought. That's fantastic. So that was about the same time we played the Cowboys for the first time. and mm-hmm. we had, That was when our defense was going through that hot stretch. Yeah. They're, they're going that, through that heater where they're getting a lot of turnovers, intercepted Eli twice, mm-hmm. um, and holding these elite packs to under 50 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Eli did throw for 316 yards. Um, so I kind of look for them to kind of replicate that. Um, more so, I guess, getting Barkley incorporated into the running game, kind of like how the Eagles did in, in getting Sproles and, and Clements and Adams uh, on, off the tackles. Because um, I, I just don't think our linebackers have the speed side to side. Yeah, the Eagles were smart that they didn't really attack the strength. They, they went away from Allen and Payne and tried to attack the edges a little more. And they had some success there. And, um, you know, if Adams can have success in space, uh, Saquon Barkley certainly can. Yeah, most definitely. Um, on defense, uh, they've got that coordinator from Arizona, James Betcher. Uh, they run the 3-4. Uh, it's supposed to attack. They usually run a cover one, and they bring Landon Collins into the box. It'll be interesting to see if they change that with him being out because uh, he's kind of the linchpin of that defense. And Michael Thomas has been good, but um, not quite of the same quality. So I'd almost expect them to go uh, a little more conservative and maybe run a little bit of cover two. Um, the linemen are responsible for one gap. They're going to try and get up the field and attack. Like I said, BJ Hill's done a pretty good job of that. Um, he's next to John Jenkins with Dalvin Tomlinson on the other side. Um, their pass rush this year is a huge weakness. I mean, Olivia Vernon's is a playmaker, but that's about it. No one else in that team yeah, is getting the Yeah, I think when we played them the first time, it was Olivier Vernon's first game back from injury. Uh, it was. And, and he, he did flash a little bit. He, he, he had a good game against us. Um, obviously, they traded... Uh, big snacks Harrison to the Lions, um, but Dalvin Tomlinson's kind of a similar build in that he's just a big body plugging up the middle. Um, and then Eli Apple traded to the Saints earlier this season, but he's been a he's big, been terrible, dis- big disappointment. <laughs> he got eaten alive against Dallas. He yeah. was killing me. Yeah, um, yeah. It's you know it's <laughs> the stoppable force versus the movable object. Our offensive line is all beat up. They don't have a ton of talent there. I would really watch out for Olivier Vernon against Trent Williams. Uh, if Trent is hobbled like he was last week, he could struggle a little bit. Um, but if, if Trent is back and he can lock down Olivier, then we'll see what Mark Sanchez gets to do with some time in the pocket because the Eagles did have a, a good pass rush and they were in his face a lot of the night. Um, you know, if, if, he can, if Sanchez can manage to find some receivers and we manage to get Thompson out on those screens, I mean, Jay was clearly trying to to get that incorporated and the offense moves the ball a little bit. Maybe Sanchez gets some confidence. He starts to see the field a little better and it all comes rushing back to him. Um, you know, maybe it'll be okay. I, I think we'll be able to tell maybe after the couple first couple drives uh, how he's finding his feet and who's winning that battle in the, in the protection. Yeah, I think we'll know by the end of the first quarter whether or not Mark Sanchez has it. I think that's true. And then if he does... Great. If he doesn't, oh boy, it could be a, a long day. So what if he starts off, you know, 
three for nine with two interceptions and, and 40 yards. Do you put in the new guy, Josh Johnson, just because the hell with it, it can't get any worse? Would you do it? Or is it just the Sanchez show from here on out? Are we I think all you, Mark you Sanchez turn around and you hand it off to AP, first and second down. <laughs> and then third down, you get out of the shotgun, and then you hand it off to Chris Thompson. Yeah, I, I in my head, I... Well, was thinking about Sanchez because that to me is the you know the big variable. But the offense is going to be giving the ball to Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson. Jay is going to get the ball in their hands as much as possible, and you know the Giants are going to know that. Um, so they're going to crowd the line. Uh, Sanchez had a couple deep balls. I mean, he threw a couple decent passes to Doxson That uh, you know that one in the end zone was actually I thought a very good pass. It, was yeah, just out of his reach. Dotson looked like he gave up on the route a little bit. It didn't look like he came out of his uh, uh, his stance going full bore. It didn't seem like he was looking I, for it. I know true. it was a two-minute drill, right, where mm-hmm. guys are a little gassed. Mm-hmm. But that was the time to take the shot, too. I, I like that we took the shot there in that situation. Um, you know, so if, if the Giants are going to crowd the box and they, they don't have these guys in the secondary, you know, maybe we could see a big Sanchez play. Hey, man, our, our first option, obviously, is going to try to run the ball, but... If they stack the box and we're just not having success, if you're going to go down, go down swinging. That's what I think. That's what I think. And I think Jay thinks that too. That's why you pull out the, the double pass. I mean, he, he was clearly saving that for an exciting moment. And I think he saw his <laughs> that window of opportunity closing and he just said the hell with it. That, I hope we that, see more of that. That reminds me, we didn't bring up the, the pitch on the fake reverse or whatever that was. So to me, that, that seemed like it was Adrian Peterson's fault. It looked like it was supposed to be a reverse and Peterson just went off without the football. Or I thought maybe it was a mistimed motion. That's possible too. Where... Sanchez didn't put Crowder in motion long enough, or so he had to wait on him a little bit that longer. That would make more sense that it was something that Sanchez messed up. You know, not not a knock on him. He just, like you said, it's, he's inexperienced with the offense. That's possible as well. It, yeah. it clearly was not the design. I mean, that was when we were still in the game, and he, I felt like he was holding on to that ball forever. Yes. And it, I felt like that ball could have ended up at the 10-yard line, just going 30 yards down the field. It absolutely could have. Um, were you excited about the butt recovery? Do you care at all about that? I did not that? care at all. The I, I thought went the internet crazy. I know. It's and it was one of those things where it didn't look like a fumble live. No, it didn't. Um, no. You could see one of the offensive linemen kind of react, mm-hmm. and when they showed it on replay, you can oh he actually fumbled the ball and he like recovered right. it with his butt. How yeah. ironic, right? Yeah, the butt fumble guy. That's about as far as my excitement went though. Like, right. Oh, that's interesting. Oh yeah. It's like oh. Huh. Okay. Thank you. We don't have to talk about that. Uh, on defense, like I said, I think we run the cover three. Defense has got to get home. We had seven sacks against the Giants last time. Like I said, the, their offensive line's been a little better since then. Will Hernandez, that, that rookie left guard that a lot of guys, uh, one of the Redskins to draft, has, has done okay. And they actually brought in, uh, Jay, I think it's Jamon Brown at right guard, who's done okay as well. But their center, John Greco, isn't anything special, and their tackles, Solder and Wheeler, are weak. So for me, I think we win this game with our pass rush by getting home we need Kerrigan and Preston Smith again today. They had very good games last time out against New York. We need them again. Yeah, that was Ioannidis' big coming out party earlier in the season. We had two and a half sacks. Um, I, I mean, I looked to Jonathan Allen. I looked to Deron Payne. I looked to them, them to get pressure up the middle. Um, and then that feeds into what Preston Smith does, uh, getting to the quarterback when he kind of moves outside his spot in the pocket. Um, so, I mean, I, I think we need four to five sacks to win this game. I think so, too. Um more importantly, and this is kind of in the same vein, we need the defense to still have that same intensity. Um, I don't think they will, but part of me would almost understand if the team doesn't come with the same intensity this week and they, they quit a little bit. You should never quit if you're a pro athlete and you're getting paid you know, tens of millions of dollars for this sort of thing. You should bring it every single week, uh, not only for the fans, but for yourself. And, and they almost always do. Uh, I, I think some fans get get mad at players sometimes, but these guys, for the most part, play their heart out every week, and I think they will. But there is that little extra notch of intensity that, that you have in big games. And to be honest, I think the defense had it for about two or three quarters um, yesterday. And if, I think if they bring in that intensity against New York this week and the offense can manage to be held together with duct tape, um, I think we should win. You know, it's uh, we're not favored. I think the line is minus four right now for the Giants, but... Um, we, we got a shot. I, I'm turning on the TV thinking we could pull it off. Not being confident. I gave us like a 40% chance. What do you think? 
Uh, I mean, I think that's about right. Give me a prediction. 40 to 50. Um, I, think, I think things get crazy. Mm-hmm. I think this turns into a high-scoring game. I hope. Let's make it fun if we're going to go out. Like you said, let's go out swinging. I see a lot of turnovers. Throw some flea flickers On both there. ends. Yep. I see a lot of broken plays where people just go for 50, 60 yards. Right. Um, I think it comes down to the end. I think it's a wild finish. Um, my prediction, I'm going to go some odd numbers here. 39-36. There's no way we score 39-36. There's no way either team scores over 27. I think we get a defensive touchdown. I think you might get a return. Um, you might have Odell Beckham throw for another touchdown pass. Um, it's just been a an odd season, right? It will be. An, yeah. I, did you, at the beginning of the year, did you think, at this time last year, what if I told you that Mark Sanchez was going to be handing the ball off to Adrian Peterson uh, behind... The, the backup Bawapu. to Jonathan Cooper and Kyle Bowanko, or whatever the heck his name was, Luke Bowanko. Uh, I couldn't envision a world like, where Sanchez was handing off to Peterson in a, in a regular season. Yeah, game. what are you talking about? Uh, but here we are. So I agree with you. I think it'll be something weird. I think we win 22-20. Uh, to 20, something That's a much more realistic score. A little, little goofier. I don't think we can put up 39 points in any sort of universe with this team, but we'll see. Um, any other matchups? Anything you're watching for or want to comment on? Yeah, I mean, on? just from a pure entertainment standpoint, uh, Josh Norman, Odell Beckham. I almost forgot. Actually, I did forget about that. That's in, in the midst of everything. That'll that, that'll rivalry yeah, will I mean, flare up again. I, I would be. I mean, Josh has been kind of quiet this year. Swearinger's kind of stepped into that role where he's been talking to the media and even talking during games. Um, Norman really really hasn't picked any fights. Mm-hmm. Um, or gotten anybody's face and for the most part the announcers haven't really even talked about him just because he hadn't brought much attention to himself mm-hmm. um, the one time obviously is the Saints game where he got benched to start the second half and that's when he kind of started talking about him and then Gruden called him out specifically and that's when he kind of lit a flame for the next game and he had a decent game the next but game that was a flash in the pan they, that it was, was a flash pretty much the about it he has been pretty quiet yeah but I mean Odell Beckham right I mean that's what brought out the best in him in his heyday, mm-hmm. speaking of Josh Norman, um, I'm going to be watching for that and just looking for any semblance of, of, of those past interactions. And last time out was the same situation where we had been uh, having Strowman, because uh, Strowman had been in for a couple weeks, I think, at that point, and, and they were each taking a side of the field, and Odell had a big first quarter, maybe even a big first half, and we decided in the middle of that game to switch Norman on Odell and uh, Odell was very quiet after that. Norman did a really good job on him. Um, and since then, Norman has been following. that. But that was the catalyst for that. And Norman, I think Norman won that battle there. I, I think Odell had one decent chunk on him, but that was about it. Um, so I, I would expect to see that continue and Norman to follow Odell around. So you'll get to see plenty of it. They'll be, they'll be head-to-head all game. Um, my matchup is, are the tackles. Uh, Olivier against Trent. Um on, on when we're on offense and then Preston and Kerrigan versus those two bums that I talked about earlier when we're on defense. Uh, it's going to be the pass rush. Can we get to Eli and can they get to Mark Sanchez? Two hapless, past their prime uh, guys that are struggling and whichever one has the less animos- least amount of animosity in their face is going to be the one that ends up the best. I mean, a good matchup in 2008, 2009, or whenever Vex and Mark were taking uh, the Jets to the AFC Championship and the Giants were winning Super Bowls, but... Not now. Not now. Yeah. Uh, Anything else before we get out of here? I mean, we're going to keep watching, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to keep watching. Look, man. We're still in it. We're still in it. So there's there's still a glimmer of hope, right? When they put up that board, we're in the hunt. The schedule in front of us is not daunting. Crazier things have happened. When you look across the rest of the wild card um, scenario, right? The Panthers lost. Everybody lost. The Vikings lost. The Packers lost. Um, We didn't really lose ground. No. Um, So, I mean, you finish 9-7, and there's a shot. You Mm -hmm. can still make the playoffs. The goal now is the wild card, not the NFC East division. I I think we can agree on that. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys have a pretty good head start here. Um, and And they've got a good formula. I mean, they have our formula from earlier in the season where... They run the ball and they play good defense. I mean, say what you want about the Cowboys, but they have a good defense this year on all three sure. on all three levels. Sure. More silver linings. If the Cowboys win the division, that means Jason Garrett will be around longer, and he needs to stay forever because he's terrible at his job. Um, 
but yeah, like I think we're we're searching for the wild card, and we're not done yet. I mean, tell me we can't beat Tennessee and New York, and stumble to eight and eight. One more matchup against Philly and one against Jacksonville. Those aren't you know shut out. We we're definitely not going to win this game type thing. We're we're gonna get we're gonna have a shot. Um, if we win this week, I think that'll do a lot for the belief of the team and the confidence. Um, so I think this is a really really pivotal game. As much as everyone's kind of already conceding defeat, um, th- this this could light a fire under them and, and and stir something in the team. So it, look, there's a lot to play for. There is. It doesn't feel like it, but. I'm going to be watching with the same passion as always. I, I just hope they don't let me down. Let's go. Hell, baby. Let's go. Always hail. As much as this has been a really dark few weeks for the Redskins, uh, it's always hail to the Redskins. Uh, always love this team. Uh, as a reminder, we got. Uh, I'll have another small episode coming out with uh, my buddy Dr. Wright, who's going to be talking about uh, the multitude of injuries and and giving a little more of a technical medical analysis of the injuries if you're interested in such things um other than that thank you for listening please subscribe on soundcloud leave us a comment uh leave us a review we're on itunes um and follow us on twitter your what's your handle most at mostly dc sports mostly dc sports get real active during the skins game real inactive that's uh, yeah. <laughs> when the skins aren't playing jeremy tweets for the three or four hours a week when the redskins are playing and that is it uh and i'm at braves on the warpath pod i'm a little more consistent but not much more I, it's it's all redskins focused um so follow us if you feel like it if not who cares yeah, All right. See you guys next week. Hail to the Redskins. Hail, baby. Don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Don't let them pick guitars or drive them old trucks. Let them be doctors and lawyers and such. Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Because they never stay home and they're Someone